to an arts degree I'm still not sure I know I skipped three years worth of lectures Just to binge watch awful shows There must be some scholarship For accruing worthless knowledge It's my only talent, honey That and losing money Let your excess hex debts rest And then just join us while we start On our bachelor And welcome back to the Bachelor of Hearts podcast, the Bachelor's Australia podcast that asks the question, Xavier, how tall are these walls? Wait a minute, what? Well, everyone's got their walls up. Oh, I see. It's so tall. I thought you were asking me for measurements of your house. This is, I mean, look, all I'm thinking, right, as I'm listening to these people talking about how high their walls are is uh, great googly moogly how dense is this fence, you know? <laughs> like not to throw any shade on anyone's blockade, but uh, what will it take to put a fission in this partition? <laughs> it does make me think maybe these people could have gone on the block instead. This is it. It is a good show. You, dear listener, are back with us on the Bachelor of Hearts podcast. Max Quinn, MQ, me, Xavier R and them. Hi, Xavier. Hello, my name is Xavier Vetsky Noonan. I love The Bachelor. I believe that I have figured out who Luke Beto Bateman will end up picking. Wow. Dropping that early. I am excited for this science. And I hate the coronavirus. And joining me as always, of course, as you know, you know him, you love him. It's my friend Max Quinn. Hey, how, 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 how is it? How, hi. Hello. As we begin our show, a reminder that we are recording on stolen land, that of the Gadigal people of the Eora Nation. Shout out to you if you are a First Nations Bachelor of Hearts podcast listener. Our respect to Indigenous elders past, present and emerging whose sovereignty over country and waterways was never ceded. Today's episode... A banger. We are recapping the absolutely pivotal episode six and seven of The Bachelors Australia season 11. Oh, okay. I thought, yeah, okay. And you know what? As a peace offering, season two. Thank you. And we are not alone. Making her return to the BOH pod. You know her from songs and internets and from her fabulous annual Christmas Hootenannies. Her new single, If I Want In, is out now. It's a great big Bachelor of Hearts. Hello to our friend Imogen Clark. Hi. Hi. I'm so happy to be back. Welcome My friend. back. We love you. you. Thanks for coming back on the show. Thank you. Well, I feel like I've been with you guys forever because I listen to it every week. So I'm mm. like, I'm always like hearing you guys. So now I just get to kind of be in. You just in sort of there. dip in. Yeah. Yeah. We find you at a busy time. Yeah. For the listeners, how are you? What's going on with the songs? Bring us up to speed. Thank you for asking. I'm really good, thanks. It's been a crazy few months. We were just talking off um, off air. Off <laughs> air, off mic. Like, off mic, whatever, mm. yeah, about it. It's been a crazy few months. I've been um, on the road. Um, I played a big Christmas show, as you said, in Sydney. It was amazing. It was so much fun. Uh, and I've been touring with the tallest man on earth, which was amazing. Love him. He is um, – a lot of people have asked me, like – is he actually super tall? Yeah, I hate to ask the most asked I know. question, it's but very, like, he's do a you short share king. a microphone? Yeah. Or does he have his no. own custom one? He's, def- <laughs> he's taller than me, but okay. he's 
he's not the tallest. He's a short king. That mm. was it was a lot of fun. It was a great time. Yeah. Um. And yeah, been releasing music. I got a new album that's coming out next year. It's all been happening. Mm. But now I get to like chill out and knock off for Christmas, which is very fun. Next show is uh, in January next year for you. There's yeah. also a Christmas song if you want to go out and get around it. <gasps> yes. Yeah. Yes. It's a very fun, fun little Christmas ditty about the fact that I'm moving overseas, which is scary. And obviously Christmas is different in America yeah. to where it is mm. here. So that's, mm. that's the vibe. That's the vibe. It is yeah. an exciting vibe. We know that you have been watching this season. You texted us the other day and we said, Imogen, <laughs> save it for the show. <laughs> we said, shut the fuck up. Stop texting us. Yeah. So Always unwelcome. I hate it when your name pops up <laughs> on the phone. Ruins my day every time. Honestly, um, yeah, I've, I have a lot of feelings. I always have a lot of feelings about The Bachelor. I have a lot of feelings in my life in general. But at the, for this show, always so many feelings and I want to scream into the void every time I watch this show. So what do you say we dive right into yes. this and pick it up along the way as we begin our recap of The Bachelor's Season 2. Season 11. Come on now. Let's yeah. all slip. <laughs> Episode 6. Girl chat. Spot A. Clumsy Bria is sexually frustrated. Uh, more like clumsy Bria. Sorry, everyone. <laughs> oh, my God. This is the first yeah. thing you wrote down this week? <laughs> and Oat Latte Jade is unsure of her potential to see... Virgin Bachelor Wesley Santa Cortez as a romantic partner. And so the question hanging over the episode is this one. How far is he willing to drag his Brazilian swag? <laughs> I'm skipping over the boys chat here because all it's here to do is remind us that Ocean Ellie has chosen to pursue beefy Luke exclusively and to inform us that Wesley does not want to live together with a partner until they are married. We will pick this up later uh, because it becomes quite important later. Now, the beginning of the Flower Gate saga. Ben has sent Angela, 36, non-swimmer, flowers for her birthday, which arrive as distinct from the flowers he is legally required to bestow upon these women every 60 to 75 minutes of televised time. Right. Uh, when, so she receives these flowers. Yeah. And then later she thanks Ben for giving the flowers to her. And he goes, what? <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, you're welcome. In a way that suggests to me that he had no idea this happened at all. Some of this. catch this. It gets, no. it gets. This conspiracy gets deeper. That's so okay, funny. sure. Yeah. Uh, so Amelia, twenty-five, Gumtree merchant. She's selling her fridge on Gumtree. Uh, <laughs> is jealous, but Max, thirty-two, podcast host, has questions about why these flowers are arriving the day after Angela's birthday, and why, if Ben was so interested in making sure that she got these flowers, that he didn't make a point of taking her out on her special day instead of taking Amelia. <laughs> Does this ruin it? Does this ruin the specialness of the flowers? Well, yeah. H hey, happy birthday. I'm going to take another chick out. <laughs> Hope you have a good <laughs> right, day. Right. Fucking hell. Uh, I just wanted to give you a brief update on Amelia. Thank you. I know we're all wondering, how's things going with Amelia's gum tree? Yeah. So yeah. I did check this week again, uh, and she has successfully sold her stand-up paddleboard. Oh, my God, yes. Um. Get that bag, queen. Yeah. 
Uh, the fridge freezer has been taken down from Gumtree. So I don't know if that oh. means she gave up on selling it. Maybe uh-huh. she's trying to sell it through another means. Private sale. Yeah. 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 Hard to say, but yeah, just keeping you on the loop. I've been she stressed sold it on the... about that, so I'm really glad you cleared it up. I Yeah. I mean, this is our responsibility. It's me they, up at night. They don't talk about this stuff on the actual show, no. and it's really frustrating. Yeah. I don't know. It's just like the editing is too brutal or something. <laughs> they can't really, you know, find space for it. Elsewhere. Wesley invites Jade on a date and German Lisa opines, out of everyone, you invited the person with the least personality. Good for you. (laughs) The voice evolves every, like, I can't believe how different it is each episode when we record them. I'm getting so much better at it. Every, like, two days. (laughs) The amount of off mic time you're spending workshopping it is truly commendable. I love it. Bachelor Luke selects Ocean Ellie and Ben picks Amelia, 25, Gumtree Merchant. Each of the Batchies will be cooking with their chosen delegates from the mansion of Wum, beginning with Ben and Amelia, who are cooking something called Mama's Best Lasagna. Xavi, tell us about it. Yeah, I'm glad you asked because uh, I paused it and was able to tell what website they, they found this on, mm. uh, the author of the original post. Um, it, it's it, the reason I bothered to pause it is because it's funny to me to have like a printed recipe sheet from a website that is called Mama's Best Lasagna because it's like we don't know this person, we don't know their mama, it's some <laughs> random person from the internet's mama. Um, but yeah, if you are interested in the recipe, I mean, it looks kind of standard, but if you want to, you know, recreate these exact conditions, yeah, I've posted in the Bachelor of Hearts Osh posting group, so you can check it out there. I should. What I should have done is made it and brought it to the pod today. I was thinking about it. Yeah, it was thirty-seven degrees today. Yeah, it was not. I was not an oven day today. No, it's not a lasagna day. No, I don't think so. <laughs> we just sit down. You know, sometimes you can hear like, Imogen. You'll know this. You can hear like us cracking cans in the background. Sometimes <laughs> if you just hear the like scraping of knives and forks, like, yeah. the wiping of sweat off foreheads. Yeah, yeah. Consume. Just big bechamel burps in the background. <laughs> <laughs> Also, here's some incredible non-sequiturs. As Ben asks Amelia, is it fragrant? What? And then oh, he says, is it cooking? Like maybe it's like, <laughs> oh, you have to add the next ingredient when it becomes fragrant. Is it I guess. fragrant? Yeah. <laughs> and also, I, I don't think it's soft enough yet. <laughs> <laughs> we all know what that's like. Are we going to rehear that audio if fantasy suites happen? <laughs> they'll like close the door uh, uh, yeah. we'll just see the shot of the outside of a house yeah. and we'll go like is it fragrant <laughs> <laughs> we'll come to Luke and Wesley's dates in a minute I'm operating out of order here a little oh, okay. uh, because whilst mama's best lasagne is in the oven <laughs> knock knock who's there wait are we doing this <laughs> <laughs> this is great wait this isn't for me is this for, is this this for, for me or Zave I don't know, both of us. We'll say it in you. Okay, ready? One, two. Who's there? Suspense. Suspense who? Oh. Oh. (laughs) (laughs) This fucking massive thing of flowers (laughs) is delivered right to Ben's door. Imogen, what do they say about a bush in the hand? I think there's something about birds in yeah, there. The birds in the bush. The boys in the bush and we're and back, back in, in town. town. <laughs> yeah, that's what, <laughs> it, that's is. what it is. <laughs> mm. <laughs> that's the old saying. And whoops, Ben asks for them to be put down 
right on the table where he and Amelia have been getting cosy. Um, just for anyone who's curious, the flowers are from a place called Vazette in Fitzroy. Vazette. I did go through their website and their Instagram looking to see if I could price this exact. Um, but I think this was custom made. Oh. Certainly mm. hundreds of dollars for Beautiful. this for this bouquet. Really, really special. Lovely native Bigger bouquet. Bigger than my entire body. Okay, <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> hey, hey, John Mayer. <laughs> uh, do you know that you can also get them made out of potatoes? Wait, what? Sorry. The pom vasettes. Oh, God. Oh. It's just because a word sounded vaguely French. <laughs> you know what a pom wasette is? Oh, I have heard that. <laughs> I've never heard this. It's a small I'm little, so it's like a potato gem. Oh, God. Uh, okay, all right. Uh, anyway, Amelia is pissed about She's this. She's very upset. She's extremely upset. The card says, love A. And after realizing they are not from Amelia... Ben deduces that they are from Angela, 36, birthday. <laughs> That's what she's known by now. She's <laughs> she has a birthday. Uh, I have a question. Are yes. we really meant to expect, and I think, like, we're not, you know, I don't think anybody here is really fooled by it, but I'm sure the idea is to fool some people. Yeah. yeah. That one of the women from the house called up a florist <laughs> and with their own money purchased these, and not just that, but they called up a florist and placed an order for flowers which are not red roses. Yeah. Because that's what you do, right? If this yeah. opportunity came up, you'd be like, great, I've just fucking unlocked the ticket to the finale. Mm-hmm. Yes. This is like a, you know, eating all the ingredients on MasterChef level trick. Yeah. If you get access to <laughs> ordering flowers, you do that yes. and you stick around till the end. You say, I'm sorry, I don't care if you want me here or not. The roses say I stay. I feel like, but don't they not, aren't they not even allowed phones? Yeah, so they're definitely not allowed. How would you possibly phones. order? This is the dumbest uh, like attempt to manufacture drama. It's yeah. a very, very dumb attempt. Yeah. I would like to ask you though: Is it fair play? Um, to I assume what we're asking is to ask a producer to do this. Yeah, to get a producer yeah. to send flowers on your behalf. Is that fair? I think it's fair. I don't. I mean, I wouldn't want to do it while someone else, while you knew someone else was on a date. But if you didn't know they were on a date, or you you didn't, didn't have know control that be there, over that, blah, yeah, blah, blah, yeah. Blah. Like, I'm I think certain it's... that she didn't know that they, they would be delivered while they're on a date. Certainly. The fact that they were delivered on the date was a choice by yes. producers. Yes. Yeah, one hundred percent. I don't know if she knew any of this was happening. No, yeah. there's no evidence that really suggests to me that either of these people knew this was happening. This feels no. like a plot point that was thrust upon them. Yeah, and Amelia, in doing her best. Loses her brain at this moment. She comes unglued a little. She starts to cry. She gets up and walks away. We hear her say, I'm done. And then this happening on my date, that's just not nice. Fuck, I'm so over it. Tough to watch Mm. on some level. Like Mm -hmm. she mentions that she has some triggers around this. Like trust issues. Yeah, this is like really activating something to do with her past relationships or whatever. But then also by the same token, you're like, you are are on the show The Bachelor where people, like the person you're dating is dating other people. Totally. And astutely, Ben says in confessional that he can feel that there's some tension here. Do you think his spidey senses tingled? Oh, my God, mate. Sorry, did you hear that? <laughs> you, it's all right, just keep recording. Yeah, yeah. I think I, I think I heard the doorbell. Oh. Yeah, oh. Just keep going. It's okay. I'll get it. <laughs> all right. No worries, it's fine. Hold on. <laughs> I'd like to reveal to you uh, exclusively that I do not own a doorbell. Oh. <laughs> 
Oh my god, this is such a bit. I'm it, so excited. I have what's no about idea what's to happen? happen? But we're going to talk here about uh, about what happens with Amelia. So, okay. to, oh my god. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> How did you hide no! these here? <laughs> yes! Oh my god, this is amazing. Oh my god. Oh my god. Uh, Angela, What's, isn't there another one? Anastasia. Anastasia. Yeah, yeah. I didn't know Anastasia and Angela were two different people oh until goodness. like maybe this episode. How did these? How did this giant bouquet of flowers for Imogen Clock get here? Dave, these are so beautiful. <laughs> you can't thank me because I really. Oh my god, it's A. It's from A. Yeah. Oh my god. I don't well, know. Well, you know, really strange. I feel like really undermined right now because like whoever A is is really stealing my time. Oh no! In From the podcast, state. I had a feeling this yeah. might happen. It's just mm. very like upsetting that someone would take my time away <laughs> yeah, from if you want, Max we can and put Dave. Him, we can put him somewhere else so you don't have to look at him. Like get them. Oh, this off is what you desk. were doing next to get my beans. Huh? <laughs> huh? <laughs> what do you mean? Well, because when I I would was... never hang out next to your bins <laughs> before I enter your house. <laughs> oh my god! I was like, "What's Savy doing by my bins?" <laughs> Love that you didn't ask any further no. questions. You were just like, "Sure." Yeah, well, I did beautiful. notice that you noticed that I was near your bins, and I went, "Fuck, fuck, fuck! It's ruined." Fuck, <laughs> fuck, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so. I know this is for a bit, but they are beautiful. They're a beautiful set of flowers. I don't They're gorgeous. Mm. Yeah, enjoy. Okay, Thanks, and thank now, you. <laughs> what of how Ben manages this situation? Do we think that Ben managed Amelia well in this moment? Uh, I personally think that this man has never managed anything well in his entire life. <laughs> um, I have, I am so anti Ben, and I feel bad because I don't like to just hate on people yeah. just based on what I see on TV. Because sure. I know there's a lot of editing going on and whatever, but I just have not heard one singular insightful or empathetic or good thing come out of his mouth. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I do feel like by this point we should have probably heard some. Yes. You know, there should have been some really redeeming. He's vacant, isn't he? Yes, and this is what we were texting about and what what Max and Zave said, save it for the pod, is that he is a non. He's just a non-event to me. Like I'm (laughs) like, this man is nothing. Go, Ben, give us nothing. Like nothing. It's very disappointing that he's... He's on the show. <laughs> He's been posed to us as one of the three most like, eligible, eligible bachelors yeah. in Australia. I'm yeah. like, this. I would not want to s- sit next to this man in a coffee shop for 20 minutes, <laughs> let alone date this man. Yeah. Like, are you kidding me? Yeah. Wouldn't like yeah. to be on the same bus as you. No, yeah. get away from me with that Certainly energy. Certainly wouldn't like him near me in an art gallery. <laughs> just like <laughs> rattling off, you know. Well, this one they actually used paint for. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, we're going to leave them there and move on. A moment for Ocean Ellie's long denim skirt. Mm. Oh, yeah. Mm. Ocean Ellie's very well dressed. Very yeah. well dressed oh. in this episode. The long coat, the long yep. skirt. Very, it's it's halfway to cake, isn't it? Yes. <laughs> John McRae of the rock yeah, band. Yeah. Cake. <laughs> yep. <laughs> she does lug around that cowbell. Wait, no. What is the cl- the <laughs> What's that thing? Oh, the uh, vibraphone? A vibraphone. Thank yeah. you. Yeah, yeah, oh, my yeah. God. I'm Love so glad we have a musician on the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> She's great. I she shines her. like a diamond. I love yes. her. Yeah. Ocean Alley. She knows what's best. Yeah. Are these lyrics from an Ocean Alley song? No. no? They are uh, from Short Skirt, Long Jacket. Oh, yeah. great. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> okay. She has a voice that's sharp like painted glass or something? God. What a great band. And also a moment for the fact that she says she is frothing to go on this date. Okay. And then a moment in a different tone of voice. A somber moment. Yeah. Mm. Uh, For Bachelor Luke, mm. who says A man I like. 
A man, I'm willing to go on record at least at the end of these episodes and say I am enjoying. He's great. I feel that way. I like him. I don't love him. No. I like him. Yeah, I I I like him. He obviously benefits from how bad the other two are. Yes. In the sense that him being 20% better than him, it doesn't matter (laughs) that he's not considerably better than like any other. The bar is in the floor. Yes. The bar is the floor. We'll get to this later. Okay. okay, But I have been growing more you know, open to him. I Same. have fondness for Same. Luke. Yeah. 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 Um, Except <laughs> what I think you're about to right say. now. Yeah. They're cooking like a chicken dish or something. I think it looks like maybe it's a oh. green curry or a pad thai or something oh, in a wok. No. He says, you really walk my world. Thanks, Dad. Yeah, that's Thank rough. You, Dad. It's just not creating an atmosphere of like, you know, erotic, just, you know. I yeah. Feel no like chemistry. You know. Yeah. They this- have chemistry, and then he says something like this, and it's like, ah. mm. It's also a little bit of Wesley stolen valor. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, in what way? Well, like, he's the one this whole season who's been banging on about taking whisks. Oh, oh Max! Oh, you're as bad as he is! No, Max. Jesus. No. Anyway, eventually, Ellie <laughs> finds the frying pun. They are cooking. I was, I was really proud of some of the stuff I prepared for later in this episode, and now everyone's just switched it up. <laughs> They're cooking uh, and making out, and that's all we see of their date. Um, so we're on to Big Wes and his Brazilian barbecue date with Jade. He is particularly excited for Jade to learn that he can cook. And do his own laundry. Let him cook. Oh, Where was that bar? Oh my god! In the fucking floor. Yeah. Do you want a medal, mate? You're th- you're in your thirties. Yeah. <laughs> also, like fuck? his cook. Like I'm sure he can cook, and I'm sure he's making a good thing here. But like when he's like, I'm excited for her to learn how to see that I know how to cook, and it's like I'm using a barbecue. You wow. know, like it's I'm putting meat, meat on, on a grill. No. No. Jesus Christ. But he says Literally. that he's excited. <laughs> <laughs> he's excited for Jade to learn that he's a true domesticated guy. <laughs> Lucky we have one of them. <laughs> yeah, he says uh, uh, he, he ITMs that Jade is ready to go a step further romantically, mm. and so am I. And I'm like, I'd like to see proof of that. Yeah. We're actually all aboard the sex train here <laughs> because Jade asks him, I'm curious, how do you feel about physical intimacy? And with a look in his eyes that says, hubba hubba, Wesley <laughs> says, I think I want to have sex with someone that I love. I think the furthest that I have been has been making out. I like, you know, I like at least that in his worldview, in his like goal, in his idea for the, you know, his life or whatever. Uh-huh. He's not strictly waiting for marriage and he's not like to have sex. Well, this is what he said. What do you mean? In previous episodes, he said he wants mm. to be married before he has sex. I think he said he wants to be married before. No, I think he said he wants to be in love before he has sex. Yeah. And so this is the thing where it's like, Jade keeps asking, well, do we have to hit a certain milestone? Yeah. Um, obviously, do we she's have to date implying marriage. Yeah, yeah. Or, yeah. Yeah. And he's like, not really, not necessarily. Well, he but- says, no, no, definitely not. Right. Which I think is a flat lie. <sighs> yeah. I just, this is my problem with Wes is like, do, have whatever beliefs you want and conduct yourself in whatever way you want 
you have decided is right for your values. But when it becomes something where you are not communicate, like I feel like uh-huh. we've seen this with Bria as well, when it's like you you like you're not actually giving these women any information about right. what to expect. He's giving the them future. again the bare minimum yes. of information that lets them sort of like run with whatever version of the fantasy that yeah. they think is yeah. the most acceptable version. Yes, yes, yeah. yes. Just and be upfront about it. Yeah, it's completely like trapping someone in a situation that they are not aware of what they're getting into. This is it. And so Jade... Jade is trying so hard to be so cool with all of this. Yeah, yeah. You know, that's the thing that I'm noticing more than anything else Mm. is she's like, I really want this to end. You know, I don't want this to end straight away. I want this to be a thing that I feel glad happened in my life. Mm -hmm. You know, I don't want to embarrass myself on TV. I want this to be, you know, a positive step and not a waste of time or whatever. She's pushing that so hard that it does, you know cause a bit of a snowball effect. Mm. Yeah, and we'll see that as this episode and the next couple of episodes continue. They have their first kiss here as well at the barbecue and uh, Wesley, like, after they kiss, he, like, bellows, yes, Jade before the garlic. <laughs> Just like, I don't understand this man at all. What? I don't remember that at all. Why, like, so and then he says, when our first kiss is not awkward... Oh, oh no! Oh, oh no! Because well, we know we we talked about this article where he was like, "Oh yeah, as a Brazilian man, I kiss be- like I kiss crazy, <laughs> and nobody knows how to deal with it, <sighs> and that's just my cross to bear or something." Yeah, you essentially know? that, right? Yeah. Oh, God. And in confessional, Jade says that this is actually a really nice kiss, um, but I think that her face might tell a different story, and I'd like to consult um, body language doctors Xavier Rn and Imogen Clark about this. <laughs> cool. Yeah. Um, Zavi, I'm gonna airdrop you an image, sure. and you can show it to Imogen, yeah, yeah. and you guys can you guys can make your determination <laughs> oh, no. about whether or not you think that she enjoyed that kiss. <laughs> okay. Oh God, I'm scared. Oh, here it is. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, no, I mean, yeah, no. Now I'm looking at the speech bubble. She does have a bit of a sort of like pained expression on yeah, her face. Yeah. And then the other thing also that I've noticed is there is a big speech bubble next to her face. <laughs> <laughs> it does say that was unenjoyable <laughs> in big letters. Yeah, yeah. So. yeah. That that looks like the the one eye is slightly more shut than the other, mm. and that is never a good sign. Reading between like the lines. I'm trying to smile, but I feel uncomfortable. Yeah, yeah. Sure about that. And yeah. then also the, the speech bubble also is kind yeah, of, yeah. that's giving it away. It might be a bit yeah. of a giveaway. Yeah. yeah. Now it's the dinner party. <laughs> so for dinner, we've got Brazilian barbecue, lasagna, and, <laughs> and a green curry. <laughs> I, I didn't even think about this. this is so I don't know how they pair wine with that. Yeah. <laughs> they're, they're all drinking red wine, I guess. Oh. I don't know, I guess. I, yeah. You know, red wine, green curry. Sure. That's Christmas. Yeah. <laughs> It's a great slogan. Tis for... the season. Yeah. <laughs> and it's a bit of a bulla banquet because Ooh. there are some pre-prepared questions, right? And that we don't, you know, we don't know who came up with the questions. Mm. It's sort of implied that they're just freestyling. They were like, well, here's my question. You yeah. Know? yeah. The questions are really fascinating to me. What was even more fascinating was the location here. Are we at Ben's pad? I think so, yeah. Okay. And so... Luke and Ellie arrive. Yeah. And Luke says, do we knock? Hmm. Doors open if one of you wants to knock. Oh, knock, knock. Come in. Wait, should we do it at the same time? Yeah. Wait, no, hang on. Wait. 
oh, I'm so, I was really going to knock. I was like, wait, what? <laughs> so the chat around the dinner is definitely uncomfortable with these questions. Uh, it's also uncomfortable because Wesley is not socially able to read the room. <laughs> Well, they're having a perfectly nice conversation about how Luke, it turns out, reads fantasy novels. Yeah, he's uh, a very good reader. Which, like, yeah, he's a good <laughs> reader. Yeah, uh, And reading is fundamental. Um, I like this. This is, like, another step in me getting Luke. I'm like, yeah. he's he's talking about how, like, it's his little secret. Yeah, and, like, I love it. He can't talk to people in his fucking sport team about yes, it. Yes, he's like, I'm a bit of a nerd boy. Oh, yeah. I love it. Oh, so cute. Very nice. Wonderful. Yeah. Nice. Some other new learnings here. Jade is a PC gamer girl. Love it. I don't know about you guys, but this PC culture is really going a bit far. <laughs> Brother, <laughs> tell me about it. Yeah, Jade does have the woke mind virus. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry to say. Ben says that he last cried when his ex moved out. Amelia is scared of getting together with someone and then it not working out. And Wesley is scared of intimacy. We didn't learn that. I'm just <laughs> stating it. <laughs> yeah. Amelia is so uh, distressed here. She, like, breaks down just at opening up about this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Where she says, like, it's her biggest goal in life to have married. Baby. <laughs> yeah. Have married baby. <laughs> Which, like, is great for Amelia. Yeah. It's a little bit sad. And it's also just, like, the fact that. She is like she has the this depth of emotion that's this close to the surface. Right. It, it is upsetting to me because it's like you've put yourself in a very precarious emotional environment. Right. Yeah. What do we presuppose that might have happened to her before? Like, is she fresh off a breakup? I yeah. I don't know if it's fresh off a breakup or if it's just like I can sense that she's got so much um, sort of self doubt and insecurity and like kind mm. of like self hate, just like under the surface because I just recognize it because I've been that person before and mm. I've been in that place in my life and I watched that. It actually really broke my heart because I, I feel like um, I know we're being positioned over the last couple of episodes to feel like Amelia is the mean girl. Yeah, and she's yeah. Like, yeah. You know, but I, I kind of see obviously people are so multifaceted and I see I just see this sadness in her that really like broke my heart. I was like, yeah. this is why you're behaving this way Yeah, is you've just got so many walls up like yeah 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 and it's it's uh something i'm tracking i mean and this is i guess a spoiler but like we're shifting villains in this season from Mm -hmm. somebody who is very aware that she is playing a villain archetype and having fun with the character and stuff to now like uh a different portrayal of a woman who i think is not necessarily Mm -hmm. like in on the joke at all times yeah it might be being manipulated by the show because they have identified something in her that will make her a good um, reactor. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, totally. It's so distra- It's so upsetting to watch. I was like, oh, man, I just want her – I want her to kind of almost – I think the best thing that could happen for Amelia is, like, her not to win, which I don't believe she will. Yeah. Um, yeah. But also, like, she – the best thing that could happen to her is that she is single but, like, really learns to, like, love herself and work out her – place in the world in a place that's going to make her happy regardless of whether she's in a long-term relationship or has yeah, a baby or right. gets married like I just yeah I want that for her me too yeah. uh I think and I that- hope that the the portrayal of her is not so negative that it's impossible for people to like rally yes. around her and like because you know we've seen villains 
or you know villain archetype villain characters or whatever who are portrayed negatively on the show but then like are able to push past that and you know portray themselves as outside the show as a more three-dimensional person yeah yeah and it can be a good thing in, in a way i mean like you know with its problems or yeah whatever. Like the show's positioning us to look at her and say she is behaving unreasonably mm. and within the context that we are presented, I think that that's uh, a fair assessment of what is happening. Yeah. But I also think that this is a pro-Amelia podcast. Like yeah. I want really good things for her and yeah. with uh, the right amount of like self-love and yeah. uh, course course correction, mm. I Amelia's funny and yeah. she seems yeah. like she could be like a great partner to someone. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, and, like, totally. I don't remember thinking anything negative about her until these episodes, really. Yeah, until yeah, the show absolutely. went out of its way to make us try it, and feel... There's a real pivot. 100%. Yeah. yeah. 100%. So, anyway, now we're talking about uh, choosing to move in with a partner, and Wessie does not want a bar of it. I'm having the best time of my life until the last question, he says. <laughs> Yeah, he says, I think I would not want to be boyfriend and girlfriend living together. I think I would want to save that for marriage. When I talk to some mates that have lived together, because everything is already shared and they've already already discovered so much about each other, they never really want to commit to marriage. To which I think, like, Wes, have you tried talking to anybody else about yeah. this? You know, I have literally never met a single person that feels that way in yeah. my entire life. <laughs> yeah, yeah. My sphere of, of, of friendship is quite different Mm. i don't know that i agree with wes yeah no i also think that like before you enter into a binding legal contract Mm. it probably makes sense for you to give yourself as much information as you can (laughs) yeah about do you know what i mean like oh i i couldn't disagree with him more in this moment like i I feel like I disagree with Wes about probably everything, and yeah. like I'm just like I'm a I'm a very non-religious person, so that's part of it. But I just think having like without going into too much detail, people I'm really close to in my family mm. have been in this position of like raised in a church where they were forced to marry yeah. very young, yeah. someone they'd never lived with, and that yeah. person ended up being abusive, and yeah. that person ended up being someone that had just kept so much information from them that yeah. they were able to because they didn't live together. And yeah, I just think right. you have to do, like, it's so manipulative to expect someone, like, to be okay with that, in my opinion. It feels pretty fundamental yeah. to me at the very least. Um, I'm curious about your experience, you know, entering the music industry as someone who was for a time singing country songs <sighs> yeah. and the amount of uh, religiosity mm. that you might have encountered True. in uh, more regional parts of the country. Oh, totally. I had um, I had a – I definitely never really felt like I fully fit in in country music and that was one of the reasons. Like yeah. obviously not not the whole part of it, but that was definitely one of the reasons. And I, I have a song that has a lyric in it that literally talks about like um, – there not being a God and just on a big ball of matter and that's all yeah. that we are. And I actually mm. couldn't play it in some places, more in America actually, yeah. where yeah. I felt right. really uncomfortable playing it because I was like, I I don't know. I feel like I'm going to get these people offside like immediately. Yeah. But, yeah. I, yeah, I just think it's not – it's something I don't align with and like – and 
that's it it feels like um it also there's such a a sort of a sexist misogynist undertone to so many of these like religious rules that yeah. you're meant to follow yeah. that it just irks me so much like this is just one of them i'm like you should be open to and what i don't like is wes is not compromising with anybody it's yeah. just all about his rules and that's it. Yeah, yeah. that's yeah. kind of the thing here. And in ITM, he says that he knows his opinions about this are uncommon, but that he believes he's being honest about it. Disagreeing. Yeah, he just he just mm. loves the idea of it too much. Yeah. I think is how he phrases it. He's he's like, look, I know this is a bit old school, but just like the idea of like discovering everything about someone after we get married is like too good to me. And I'm like. I don't share that, but I understand mm. that you feel that way. Yeah. But you can't let that be the only thing that guides this. Yeah. That's you know? right. Yeah. yeah. You can't just be guided by voices, you know. Yeah. <laughs> and, like, how about her values? Just right. going to throw right. that out there. Right. Exactly. <laughs> like... And so we hear this here where Jade says that's quite a big stance to take. <laughs> Definitely a chat we're going to need to continue. <laughs> She's so polite. She's so diplomatic her. about Jade's this. Sick. Jade's sick. Jade is like, so sick. You know, yes, this is, you know. In ITM, she says she thinks that sharing a home together and learning about someone else is a really important part of a relationship, which I think is how we feel too. Yeah. Um, and Wes says there is other ways to get to know each other. Like he's just, as you said, not willing to... Name them. Yeah, what? Yeah. <laughs> um, and then we also hear Luke, who tries to walk him back a little bit here yeah. um, in this group setting. And he says, like, well, maybe with the right person, under the right circumstances, you'd be a little mm. bit more flexible, you know? He's yeah. Like, there's nothing that Wes is saying that truly indicates this, but yeah. Luke is like, look, you're a human being. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, and then Wesley's, Wesley says this chilling thing, in my opinion, the first of a few things he says on these episodes that I found almost sinister, where he says, I hear you all, and I really, really, honestly, genuinely appreciate all your input. Ugh. End of conversation. Oh, my God. It's funny that that is the way that the conversation ends, too. Like, it's a... Um, it's an astute way to bring that kind of uh, discourse to an end and say we're moving on. Yeah. Mm. Um, but it doesn't feel like he necessarily hears them all or values their input that much. Yeah. I think that's it. He just doesn't value it. Like he's yeah. like, yes, you're saying the thing that I've heard from lots of other secular people. Yes. Like, you know, like. Yeah. And that, yes. And this is the thing is like this is why it enrages me so much is because I'm like these are your values. That's fine. This is your life and you live it how you want to choose. But mm. maybe if you were going to come on this show, maybe that should have been a little bit more communicated from the very, very, like I'm talking right. like application process. Like yeah, I'm like, yeah. this man does not want these very important things and does want these very significant, like, I just don't like the idea of like springing this on these women of like, yeah, by the way, you're going to have to marry this man before you ever have sex and you're also going to have to live with him before you really know him at all. Oh, yeah, it's like, sinister it's just casting. just so shitty. Yeah. yeah, and so we have people like Jade who are six episodes in or seven or whatever it is into this season who are, like, trapped, you yeah. know? Like, yeah, at this point, like, there are a handful of girls who are just, like, Wes's girls and yeah. what, um, what level of autonomy do they have? Yeah. Yeah. It's more now on the flower gate situation with Amelia and Ben curled up on the couch. Did you hear that? No, I didn't get a second. <laughs> <laughs> Amelia asks Ben, what are you going to do about the situation? Which is a question that I hated and Ben avoids it. Mm. 
I didn't like that she put all of the responsibility on him to manage her feelings. That was that was no good. Ben says, it's shitty timing. I was very impressed with the way that you handled it. And Amelia continues, it hurt me a lot today, but you just need to have a think because if you continue to have a connection with her, I'm not going to pursue it any further with you because that's betrayal on your behalf. No. Betrayal. No. Yeah, she ITMs that she that the, the, the girl code was broken. This uh-huh. gets invoked here. Um, by sending the flowers when she was on the date. And I think we already maybe mentioned this, but, like, that's just not how it works. Yeah. Like, you can't, you actually can't, like, either either somebody has asked her to say that, you know, or or she is very naive about how reality TV gets made. Mm. Yeah. Because, like, flower delivery, like, you have to book it in advance. I, I looked into this. I was yeah. actually, I was looking on... <laughs> Online, I thought it'd be funnier. What I originally planned to do was have someone knock on the door oh, my God. and deliver the flowers. But like flower places are closed. It's like seven p.m. right now, you know. Yep. So I had to anyway. Yeah. <laughs> We're back at the girls' mansion, and we get a look at the suitcases that don't even fit in the bedrooms, and just the tiniest glimpse of what appears to be seven hundred bunk beds oh. that all of these girls are forced to cohabitate in. Grim. Oh my god. It's Nightmare. not like it's not like they always had tons of room before, but this mm. mansion is noticeably smaller yes. than the ones that they've had. This is cult behavior. Like is. this really feels like they're gonna start not allowing them to eat and depriving <laughs> them of sleep just yeah. so they can like yeah. Yeah. get the best out of them. Make the confessionals better. Yeah. Like, right, yeah. right. Yeah. And you can see it in the way that this drama manifests between two women who who are kind of cracking under under pressure. Mm. None of it is particularly interesting to me. Like yeah. Amelia and Angela are going, not going at each other, but like unhappy with each other's interpretation of events. It's yeah. also not well put together. Like yeah. it's, there's a lot of off face audio. There's yeah. a lot of like footage of a door. <laughs> with, like, <laughs> subtitled audio being piped over it or whatever, which just makes me feel like, you know. A, they weren't there with the camera when they needed to be, and B, like, I don't know. It's, yeah. It's just sloppy. It feels like it could be pieced together in the lab afterwards. In fact, know? I would say the standout person in this part of the episode is Evangeline Evie, who, as, like, a conversational diplomat, She's trying to did mediate. really well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She's, like, sorting the women out. She's yeah. acting as a voice of reason. Yeah. She's like, yes, Amelia's very upset. It's understandable. Angela, though, did not, like, show up. Yeah. You know, this is not a bad, as mm. bad as it could be. Mm. Let's be real. It's some flowers. This could happen in the real world, that kind of thing. Mm. Okay. The back half of this episode is an elimination slash rose ceremony slash group date slash meet the friends date. <laughs> and it takes place at the Strato restaurant at Oakwood Premier Melbourne in South Bank. Um, do we do we like the chippy bit from last episode? I think the chippy bit continues. Okay, so would you guys like to guess uh, how much it costs at this venue to get a side of frites with truffle aioli? Oh God, um, this is going to show how incredibly non fancy I am, but I I didn't know until that very moment that frites are fries. Uh, I know. I don't <laughs> think I did either. I don't I think I did. Literally, I'm just learning that now. Yeah. So. Yeah. Took me a long while. Well, the fact that you didn't know that might give you a clue as to, you know, yeah. this is not a $3 experience. Yeah, yeah. $17. You know? 
17, you reckon? That's what I'm going to say. Any guesses? I would say 14. Okay, you're both wrong. It's 12. It's pretty reasonable. Oh. That is reasonable. Truffle ale, you know? Oh, I would yeah. get, oh man, yeah. truffle. You yeah. know what? Maybe you're Let's right. Let's go there. It's so funny to be doing a meet the friends date at this point in the season. Yeah. Like, we're <laughs> halfway through the show, so it makes sense on some level. But because the show has only been on TV for eight days at this point, <laughs> I'm like, how much are these people really missing their friends? Yeah. <laughs> like, the fact that they're getting so emotional, like, oh, my God, I haven't seen you in so long or whatever. And then I thought about that a little bit longer. I'm like, no, you know what? The episode schedule has been so crazy. That's how I feel about seeing my friends right now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I see my friends once a calendar year. So <laughs> I'm very confused. Do you know, this is nice because, like, Zave and I have spent probably – 10 or 12 hours over the last <laughs> week just talking to each other about this. Yeah, yeah. And when you entered the room, I was like, we both hello, it's God. been yeah. so long. Yeah, yeah. Whole different energy. That's so great. The women on this date are Lisa and Bria from Wesley's cohort, Madison and Anastasia from Ben's cohort, and Lana and Tabitha from Luke's cohort. We'll take the Ben thing first. Because he enters the restaurant and blows right by Anastasia and her friend Zilla because it's time for Ben and Madison's BFF, Chelsea, to engage in a riz-off. <laughs> <laughs> and Madison, if you don't remember, she's the knock-knocker. She did the knock-knock. Oh, oh she, she went did. to his she place. Went to his yeah, place. you're right, you're right, you're yeah. right. Yeah. Sorry, you're right. Like, she delivered some, the flowers. There have been some knock-knocks. <laughs> there have been knock-knocks since, yeah. yes. So she says to Ben. Also, it wasn't knock knocker one of the words on that Christian swear word. So she says to Ben, tell me about you. Madison has filled me in a tiny bit. And Ben says, what has she told you? <laughs> and this woman, Chelsea, says, um, well, actually, not much. <laughs> We are off to the races. I just picture the people editing this show being like, keep that in, keep that in, that's good, that's good. (laughs) Incidentally, usually I would say that going to the races is not something that I would be predisposed to to enjoy, and that remains the case here. (laughs) Later, Chelsea explains that Madison has finally realised her self-worth and what she wants in life, to which Madison replies, I do, to which Chelsea replies, She does. (laughs) You're very aggressive, Ben says to Madison. But also, you came over to my apartment. What qualities are you most drawn to? Chelsea asks Ben. Sense of humour, Ben says. (laughs) (laughs) Ben says that the knock-knock from Madison really told him more about her. And she says in ITM, it showed that I'm not afraid to make a grand gesture. I'm like, that is all it told anyone about you. Uh, but also, it's not like it immediately made him, like, sit up and take notice or anything. Yeah. You know? mm. Like, that was two episodes ago, and he's, he, like, uh, on his list of priorities, a second date with Amelia was still higher than a first date, a with, first Madison. date with Madison. It's true, yeah. yeah. Meanwhile, Anastasia, 36, uh, used to be engaged to the man called Mr. Lambo <laughs> as the shits. Because she thinks Ben is ignoring her. You know, he's wrapped up in such captivating conversation. Who can blame him? Yeah. And in ITM, Ben accuses her of taking too many bathroom breaks. <laughs> yeah, when you said she has the shits, I was like, ah, that's one interpretation. It's the truffle oil. 
<laughs> we leave Ben there and we move on to Luke, uh, whose stakes are that he is looking to get deeper with Tabitha. You may recall that their horse date was cut for time. Yeah, this is really the first time we're digging in on Tabitha. I, I have no idea who this woman is. Yeah. Hmm. Uh, look, there was 15 seconds of a date that he was on with Tabitha where they went horsing. <laughs> and horsing. He, he, what, what did he say? Oh, my, I'm a bit horse was his joke oh, at that time. Right. That's right. Oh, yeah. that? okay. Your body went into shock and you just stopped receiving <sighs> just new information. Immediate projectile vomiting. Right. Yeah. Also here is uh, Lana and Luke wants to spend more time with Lana. She's 36. She's got a kid. They seem to really be clicking. Beefy Luke says he is happy as a dog with two tails to be here. Making jokes about <laughs> accidentally ordering the girliest you know how tails. A tail, I'm sorry. You know how a dog loves having one tail? Yeah. <laughs> They're always like, I love this tail. <laughs> they do. They love chasing their tails. Oh, that's oh maybe that's it. That's what it is. Oh, yeah. Okay. If you had a second one. It actually does track. Mm. That's actually a great phrase. It's a That's great good. phrase. Maybe Luke's the I've best really turned bachelor my we've around. ever had. <laughs> <laughs> so he talks about ordering. He, he always ends up with a girly cocktail. Oh, no. And then uh, inquires after Tabitha's The face shyness. he makes to you, by the way, I screamed. It was great. It was incredible. God. He I'll goes, post it on goes, the Instagram. Come on, man. Yeah. It was really good. <laughs> it's, the, it's the sheer panic of a man being emasculated. <laughs> oh, my God. Because what could possibly be worse oh. in this life than appearing similar to a woman? Oh, yeah. no. Nothing could pink. be worse. No, I don't like it. <laughs> the chicks are bad. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think that he thinks that, but it is funny. Yeah. Uh, Tabitha's opening up here. She's talking about the role that her stepdad played in her life. It's giving me the vibe of too little, too late. Mm. I did like this, though, and I know, like, you know, yes, I agree, too little, too late, and obviously that turns out to be the case, but, like, given that that's the case and that she doesn't survive this day, I'm interested that they gave us so much of this because yeah. they could have given her one sentence. Well, it's solidifying sure. the stepdad narrative, right? So right. later on we're going to meet the stepdad. I'm certain of For it. For sure. Is that the person who you think Luke is going to marry? <laughs> <laughs> I will not reveal until mm, the time okay. is right. Wesley now lobs one at Lisa in ITM, explaining that he likes Bria because she is selfless and always putting others first, whereas, quote, Lisa is not like that at all. <laughs> He's a bitch. <laughs> He's being really harsh. He says, like, coming here for me was about risk, which, like, oh, we've talked about this so yeah, many yeah. times now. And he says, the riskiest thing I can do right now is to get closer to Lisa. <laughs> okay. And then he has the most scripted line I think I've ever heard from this show where he says, she's a worldly and fearless woman who demands and gets what she wants. And maybe that's what I need. I'm just like, at least try and make it sound like something somebody would naturally yeah. say. Do they employ him to write the bios for these women on, on template? God, honestly. Uh, Wesley is also quite skeptical of Lisa's friend Marie in this moment. Sure. He says she is potentially keen to roast me. <laughs> and hey, speaking of roasting, did you notice that he only ate like the top half of the roast chicken that he had on this? <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's good detail. There's, there's only so far that he's willing to go down on a bird. <laughs> hey. Oh, man. Okay. He's not eating the rest till he marries it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So Lisa here gets unexpectedly vulnerable and she starts opening up in a way that I find is really interesting. She finds this like line of connection 
with uh, uh, Wes that we've never really seen from her before. About the families living away and she, stuff like yeah. that? And I feel like if she had have exploited this earlier, she would get a very different edit. She would be, you know, this is a much more three-dimensional sort of side of her. She mentions that they're both from overseas, which, like, duh. But mm-hmm. also, like, we've never really talked about this, you know? And she says, the fact that you are overseas, nobody will ever understand that, like, living in Australia, how hard it is to leave your family behind, to follow your dream and the life you want to live, all the things you have to give up on the way. I have siblings that I basically just know from FaceTime. And I yeah. felt all of this, like, really heartwarming. And, like, I will say, as much as I prefer a villain who is in on the joke and who knows that they're playing a character and that they're not being exploited by the show, yeah. the one thing that I think we lose in that when somebody enters from minute one with their, like, idea of their character in their mind yeah. is all of the sort of accidental side stuff that might happen along the way like this, mm. where it's like Lisa is a more textured and three-dimensional and interesting person. And by exclusively playing that villain character and, like, being in on the joke... You know, we don't get her opening up about the other attributes that make up a person because she's, like, so committed to the bit. What I took this as was as the show fleshing out the, I don't know, the characters of the women who were about to go home. Yes, for sure. So we learn that about Tabitha, we learn a bit extra about Lisa, and then the show wants to kick Anastasia on the way out and we'll talk about yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so Osha shows up here. He crashes the group date with three roses to hand out, one for each batchy. We are chopping three chicks on this episode, and you will never be able to guess which ones. <laughs> what we thought was a group date, I guess, is actually like a triple two-on-one. Yeah. Which mm. I six think on is interesting. Three. Yeah, a six on three. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Anastasia Lambeau decides to call it rather than be dumped on TV, which is smart. But the way that she breaks up with Ben is truly one of the funniest things that I think I have ever seen on this show. Interesting. (laughs) I'm curious about your take because I found this a bit frustrating as far as like just it's very chopped together. It's Mm. extremely chopped together. But most of what we see of this little little breakup, like she squints at him like this for like a full three seconds (laughs) before raising up an arm. To cradle her own head. I'm doing this. Yeah, yeah. So she's up here <laughs> yeah. and she's squinting at him. For the listeners, Max is doing it. That's and great. she says, you do what you need to do. And then she pauses for another like five <laughs> seconds. <laughs> and then she goes, but I'm going home. <laughs> and this is ben how says, I finish every night out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Except in your other hand, you're holding a kebab. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> The full body unraveling. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and so Ben says, you're not feeling it? And she says, I'm not feeling, this has been ridiculous, I won't be treated like this. This stuff is all off face, but, yeah. you know. Sure, oh, yeah. Fine. Ben gives his rose to Madison anyway, making a silly song and dance about it. Ben give, he's so, his ego is so bruised by this mm. in a yeah. way that I found so frustrating. Just as someone who's already pretty anti-Ben, yeah. the fact that he's like, I actually can't believe what I'm hearing right now. She's had enough and she's actually going to leave of her own accord. I'm upset <laughs> that Anastasia wants to leave right now. 
But at the same time, she's not feeling it with me. There's no point prolonging it. I'm like, you are such a whiny little baby. <laughs> you have not given this woman the time of day at all. Yeah. And now you're like, oh, she doesn't want to blah, blah, blah. Yeah, yeah. Imogen, are you annoyed when a woman has volition? Yeah, it really annoys me when women are like fully fledged human beings who think for themselves and can make choices. That yeah. really pisses me off. Yeah, yeah. My, my, many of your songs are, are about that, <laughs> that very topic. Absolutely. Um, uh, Luke calls time on Tabitha after giving Lana his rose. I do need to, I'm sorry, I do need to commemorate Anastasia Eliopoulos, who entered the show with 3,980 Instagram followers. Now she has risen to 4,349 for a gain of 369. It's actually kind of good for that's this a, season. Yeah. It's pretty grim, but that's that's wow. where it is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, and yes, Tabitha, yes. Uh, Tabitha is sent home because Lana gets Luke's rose. Surprise, surprise. Too little, too late for Tabitha, who had 1,852 Instagram followers on Announce and leaves with 1,926 for a total gain of just 74. Yikes. Ouch. Impactful. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, And Wesley gives Bria his rose because, of course, which means that it is bye-bye, darling, to Lisa, our beloved German warmonger. Some people just don't have taste. You know what I mean? What I love here, right, is she says bye on the way out before standing at the elevators and adding slay. (laughs) She's an icon. I love her. She's really great. rendering all of the work I have put in to perfect my German accent yeah. entirely unnecessary. Isn't it sad? Aww. This is the end. And I mean, we'll be talking about her for years to come, I'm we sure. We will. Yeah. Uh, Lisa Bremer, maybe the very iconic Bremer, I hardly know her. <laughs> <laughs> we'll never get to know her any better. Mm. Uh, the very iconic villain of the first half of this season had 4,234 followers upon announce, and you must be thinking this is one of the key figures. You know, this is someone we're all thinking and talking about. Uh-huh. This is someone who's no- dominating the water cooler conversation. Yeah. Uh, uh, we have a water cooler here in the studio. That's what we, I'm talking yeah, about. Yeah, of course, yeah. <laughs> Uh, yeah, she leaves the show with 4,385, a total gain of just 151 oh, followers. No. Are you fucking kidding me? That's psycho. What do wow. you have to do in this day and age? I know. <laughs> you have to win. Uh, without any further ado, let's jump directly into The Bachelor's Australia Season 2. 11. Episode 7. Agreed. Melbourne, City of Lights, The Big Apple. See you in the NT. <laughs> <laughs> We watch Ocean Ellie, Oat Latte Jade, Lingering Caitlin, who went on a bad date in episode two and is still here, and <laughs> Luna Parker McKenna, uh, doing some casual yoga casually in a public park, seemingly nowhere near the mansion. And now I'm going to check, because somebody did message me and tell me where this took place. <laughs> what? Uh, what an interesting audience we have cultivated. <laughs> Uh, this is from uh, Shmara Schmobinson. <laughs> sure. Hello, Shmara. Thanks, Shmara. I've got some banal location intel to save Xavier research time. The park at the start of episode seven is between Brighton Library and B- Brighton La- Town Hall. The park at the start of episode seven is between Brighton Library and Brighton Town Hall. I don't think it has a name. No idea if that's helpful. <laughs> Love your work on the pod. You know what, Amazing. Shmara? That is so helpful. So helpful. So good. Yeah. Keep it in and double it. Um, it does. It strikes me that they're only able to do these kind of like uh, public outdoor shoots because 
in this day and age, people don't care about The Bachelor as much yeah, as they yeah. once did. Yeah. You know, like, it used to be very strictly locked down. Like, paparazzi will find out. There will be crowds of people. We mm-hmm. cannot do this kind mm-hmm. of stuff. And now it's like, hmm, okay. Yeah. <laughs> you know? It's kind of, it's like the reverse of, um, you know how after a while, um, not to invoke him for the second episode in the row, but Sasha Baron Cohen <laughs> had to stop doing Borat because people knew who he was. Yeah. And like oh. they wouldn't fall for it anymore because he's too recognizable. Yeah. It's like the inverse of that. Now they're Borat. Uh- <laughs> <laughs> anyway, um, Jade tells the group she's reflecting on Wes's strong views on living together before marriage. She says, having that time when you're living together is so important to me. It takes me a while to be vulnerable. And if I'm living with someone, it's the most intimate and natural way for me to show that vulnerability rather than forcing it. Which Makes sense. Love yes. it. Ben has got Amelia's ultimatum on his mind. So, so they've met at the Oak Lounge, one of the in-house restaurants at the Oakwood Premier Serviced Apartments in South Bank. What? The same place we were just talking about? Uh-huh. Um, who cares? Uh, I am so sorry to tell you this. I was not able to find the Oak Lounge's menu listed online. Oh. Um, I noticed Seven. they are eating some croissants there. So they do serve food. But anyway, we won't get bogged down with it. Amelia says uh, there'll be other things we can get bogged down <laughs> with instead. <laughs> Amelia says she's had some time to think about it. She doesn't really seem to have changed her mind very much. She tells Ben, I was hurt. And for you to be okay with someone doing that? And Ben says, well, the timing was bad, but it was still a nice gesture. And Amelia kind of like smirks. She kind of like winces. I love this little gentle pushback from Ben. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Because Ben's like, yeah, I know you how your feelings, but also like, yeah, come on, you know, let's yeah. take the brakes a little. And Amelia's like, I mean, I get I get that you want to explore things, but dot, dot, dot. And, like, you really feel every dot in that ellipsis yeah, of, like, yeah. the scorn from her, which is rough yeah. because it's like, of course he's exploring things. This is The Bachelor. He's the fucking Bachelor. Yeah. Yes. Let's jump into the first single date for this episode between Madison and Ben. They meet and hug on Swanston Street in the CBD. But more importantly, it begins with maybe my single favorite shot of the season so far. I replayed this over and over again. I think I have it on my phone if anybody would like to watch it now. Mm-hmm. It's this nicely framed shot of Madison walking towards Ben, except there is a man oh standing God. right in front of her. Uh, so, uh, and he doesn't realize he's on camera. And then we cut to the reverse shot as he walks past Ben and turns back to look at the camera, seemingly realizing what's going on, but not before he can be enshrined in the Bachelor document for all of time, just looking a bit I confused. Love this. Oh, oh! <laughs> he's so. <laughs> like, he has no idea what like, the fuck's going on. He's just like, why am I. Oh, 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 oh no. Oh, no. Oh, it's still, oh, oh no. There's another oh. camera. Fuck. Like, are these kids filming a TikTok? <laughs> <laughs> uh, really good. I know I said Luke looked like Bigfoot in our previous podcast, but this footage of this blurry, <laughs> sort of dazed man in the wild yeah. <laughs> really takes the cake. Uh, Madison is salty in her ITMs, saying, Ben's finally taken the initiative to ask me out on a date. I hate boring things, though, so if it was a dinner date, I'd probably go home. <laughs> Right. Kind of love she this. Rocks. She's standing up for herself, you know. <laughs> she's like, she's unhinged, but she rocks. I yeah. love it. Uh, nothing says excitement more than suspended fabric, though. Just take it from my friend Super Mario. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, it's not a trip to the curtain section of IKEA. Uh, 
It, uh, although that would be a fun. <laughs> we, we remember this date, right? <laughs> Uh, The two of them instantly magically change into active wear because today they will be taken through the basics of aerial silks. Do you you guys know anything about this? I've never heard of this before. I've heard of it, but I don't know anything about it, really. I think I only know it because it's in, like, Cirque du Soleil. Yes, that's probably my only real association. I've seen that. Sometimes in the plane I get the aerial sulks. (laughs) I don't like to be... It's not not too good for me. (laughs) I really like that Muna song, Ariel Silk Chiffon. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Madison ITMs, it, quote, looks to me like a sex swing and, quote, it's giving Kama Sutra vibes. And, you know, the two of them, I, I think this is fun. It's a fun idea for a date. Yeah. It starts off a little bit, like, giggly and uncomfortable. Um, but before too long, they really start getting into the, what would you say? Like, they get into the... Oh. I don't think they get accustomed to it. I guess, is what you, yeah. <laughs> Did you guys enjoy this dangle date? I thought this dangle date was good. And I thought it was good in the sense that it was like not the sultry, horny saxophone date that I thought that it would be. Yeah. 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 I agree. I feel, I loved the, I love the bit they used in the ad where she's like, I, I'm, I'm stroking something with my hair. I don't know what um, apologies. Like I thought this was all very cute. It was silly and cute. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. It strikes the, the right balance. I think um, there's some stuff coming up in a future episode that is, it doesn't quite nail that as well, which we'll talk about it when we talk about it. Uh, Madison ITM, she's very comfortable on a first date. She says she knows how to make it seductive and sexy. And, uh, yes, she suspends herself above Ben and her head dangles down, rubbing him suggestively. <laughs> um, and he laughs through it, ITMing, think unsexy thoughts, think unsexy thoughts. And genuinely, and this is such a low bar, but, yeah. like, hearing him make a reference to one of the most popular TV shows of all time, like universally beloved, quoted yeah. by every human At being the who's ever. Of its fame. Right. But like just that was like one of the biggest indicators of personality that I've seen from him all season. 100%. That you have seen something, absorbed it, and you can reflect it back. Right. Which <laughs> yeah. is like He may as well like, have just said like, I love lamb. In this <laughs> yeah. It's such like day one at the new office and you find the one person who is like, Seems to have oh. some shred of personality, you yeah, know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, anyway, if there was an evening portion of this date, we did not see it, which is quite strange, I think. Oh, yeah. So this yeah. is the last we're going to see of, of Ben and the last we'll be talking about him for a minute, which, frankly, I'm taking Fine. a Yay. sigh of relief, you know. And then a mysterious man from Prestige Rentals rocks up at the Bachelor Mansion and requests that Bria come with him immediately to a date. And I go, okay, fourth Bachelor. Oh, I don't mind him. Yeah. You know, can't be much worse. <laughs> um, Bria says she has no shoes on, but they chuck her in the back of the car anyway. And as she pulls up to the Hilton, she sees someone waiting for her. And she says, why is someone wearing a suit? I haven't been anywhere before where someone's wearing a suit. This is false. <laughs> Demonstrably <laughs> false. You are lying to us, Bria. <laughs> Don't treat us like this. <laughs> I look. So, did she skip her year twelve formal? <laughs> yeah, like, she's yeah. never been to a single wedding, funeral, black tie event. No one event. has ever died. She has lived no. the most cotton wool. <laughs> I would hate to be the person in this room who went through her entire Instagram page. No, you 
dinner. And oh every tag God. post she's ever been in no. to yeah. see if anyone is wearing a suit in any of them. Especially if I then didn't come up with anything. No. Yeah. Well, maybe she's telling the truth. Maybe she's telling the truth. I don't, you know, she never posted about the TV show suits. Yeah. You know? Okay. <laughs> There's no indication. There's a lot of swimsuits, but that's about it. Wow. That is crazy. I was really hoping I would get well, She's a not allowed big... to be in her birthday suit around Wesley. So, no, mm. of course not. I was really hoping I would have like a gotcha moment there where I could be like, <laughs> aha! As a journalist. You sit on the throne of lies, Bria. <laughs> <laughs> Apparently not. She's the one person we can trust. Okay, so anyway, Wes in ITM says he is stepping up the romance by pulling inspiration from one of the most iconic Hollywood movies of all time, Pretty Woman. The screen fades to black and then fades up again in 2.35 to 1 aspect ratio, <laughs> commonly known as scope, uh-huh. which is a super widescreen format. I'm glad you asked. Um, devised and adopted in the mid-50s, largely to compete with the emerging competitive rival known as television. Mm. So it's kind of funny that television is now co-opting it to take a little, you know, inch back. Anyway, um, coupled with this, like, kind of tackily applied artificial film grain filter. It gives this section of the episode a cinematic look and feel. Although it's worth pointing out that the movie Pretty Woman was shot and therefore presented in the more standard 1.85 to 1 widescreen <laughs> format. So I hope somebody got fired for that. Uh, I also hope somebody got fired for the fact that this lasts for literally exactly 30 seconds. Nine shots in total. I did count. Mm. And then they just go, ah, never mind. We're done with this. Yeah. God. Yeah. Uh, why not let it play out for the whole day was my question. Yeah. Um, but anyway, am I distracting myself with granular technical details instead of dealing with the optics of the virgin bachelor inviting his sex-positive love interest on a date inspired by the movie where a wealthy wheeler dealer falls in love with a sex worker? Yes. Who, me? <laughs> the dumbest thing ever. Yeah, so speed round, I want to know, have either of you seen Pretty Woman? Do you have any familiarity? I'm mostly, I mean, I'm mostly asking you. <laughs> <laughs> I know Max has seen zero movies, but I... I have seen this movie, but so long ago that I don't really remember it. Yeah. Um, yeah, so I have very little knowledge of this movie. Have I'm you gonna seen say, it? I'm going to say Julia Roberts is in it. Yeah. Yep. Good job. Yeah, yeah. And Richard Gere. Yeah. Oh. And they get married at the end of it. Can't remember. <laughs> and she runs away. No, you think you run away pride? Yeah. Damn it. <laughs> What happened with Julia Roberts with her actual wedding? In the who was she engaged to in the nineties? <laughs> she was. I might argue we don't need to. Probably not. I. You know. I think for most people, Pretty Woman falls into like Kiefer the Sutherland. <laughs> <laughs> I think it falls into like the problematic fave category for a lot of people. Um, yeah, it's a movie from nineteen ninety, um, and it's you know it's from a different time. It's also kind of an update of the kinds of movies that they made in the 1940s or whatever. So it's like, you know, there's some Mm. old-fashioned stuff there. I think there are definitely things about it that don't hold up, but also it is like a nuanced text, you know? Yeah. It it has things on its mind. Um, I think the movie's view of class is perhaps a little bit incoherent. I Mm. think its depiction of sex work lacks some nuance. Um, Mm. Apparently it was conceived as a like darker cautionary tale. And then it was reworked after the fact to be this like frothy high budget rom-com star vehicle. Um, 
Also, I, I think it would be pretty silly for us to say that it has no merit at all on the podcast that we host about The Fucking Bachelor. <laughs> yes. You know? Yeah. And it's crazy that they remade it just 14 years later. Did they do that? Starring Rob Schneider. In 2001. Four. Oh, what's this? You're, you've, you've seen The Hot Chick. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> And Jesus. that version was not problematic in any way. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> um, yeah, I think, uh, I mean, without getting even further into Pretty Woman, it is, it's more than what it is boiled down to here, yeah. which mm. is essentially a woman in a movie in which a woman wears a red dress and gloves, mm. um, especially since, and I hate to be a stickler on this podcast, <laughs> but in the movie she does wear white gloves and she has red gloves in this date, <laughs> which I'm like, if we're recreating it, you know, anyway. Yeah. Um, Imogen, if someone's taking you on a date that is inspired by a movie, yeah, which movie <laughs> happens a lot? I'm sure. <laughs> well, I mean, my favorite movie is Blues Brothers, so uh huh, hell yeah. Maybe, maybe it could be a date where we like go and see a cool like blues band and we dress as the Blues Brothers. Oh, that's great. That would be fucking cool. That would be that's great the day. only time I'm accepting a man choosing my outfit for a date. Uh, yeah, absolutely not accepting that. As in if, any way. Yeah, you don't want it unless you are Sam and or Dave. Yes, it, unless it's like a fun Halloween thing or it's like, yeah, we're dressed as the Blues Brothers and we both get to wear suits and do like a silly little jig yeah, dance. Couples where our legs go. Yeah, yeah, that's okay. None mm-hmm. of this bullshit. I hate the it. The vibes of like this is our, is it our second or maybe third date? And like, mm. I've always wanted to see you in something like no. this. No, oh like, my God. My uh, mum once told me that she went on a date like long before she met my dad with like uh, this guy called her like after asking her on the date he then called her on the day of the date and was like um so like wh- what are you gonna wear like wear something good like wear something nice because like you oh, know yeah. like and not in a way that was like warning you that it's gonna be a specific style of dress at this place it was more like don't embarrass me by wearing something shit and my mom uh, just went don't bother yeah. and hung up and didn't Hell go yeah. on the date I'm like yeah go Mom Joe rules. Yeah. Yeah. Joe rules yeah, yeah. Joe rules I became friends with Joe recently. Oh, oh no you way. did. You yeah. did drunkenly make friends with my mom at my gig. That's oh. right. I loved it. Yeah. I loved it so much. I was sad I didn't. I wasn't standing there to witness it. It was lovely. We had um, we had a nice chat and then I felt like this conversation uh, has gone on for too long <laughs> for the amount of beers that I have had. <laughs> oh, sure. And now, Joe, oh, oh, look, Imogen's starting to play... <laughs> <laughs> You're like frantically messaging Imogen being like, can you start hurry 45 up, minutes early? Hurry up, hurry up. <laughs> <laughs> That's so good. Uh, you'll have to introduce me. Uh, yes, and she I, would love No, you. not you. I mean Max. Sorry. Yeah, yeah, oh, sorry. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he talks to her more than me. Mm. Um, the significance of the red dress is that Julia Roberts' character, a sex worker, is met on the streets by Richard Gere's character, this powerful business guy who sleeps with her, asks her to accompany him to a bunch of business functions, and ushers her into high society as the two of them grow closer together. And the red dress is sort of the core icon of her, like, quote-unquote, transformation. It's this elegant and iconic gown that she wears to the opera the night that she sort of feels fully accepted into the, this, this like, his world. Yeah. Um, and it's the night that she confesses her love to him. And, like, you know, I'm not spoiling it. It's not the end of the film. Mm. Um, but it is, like, with that in mind, it's kind of funny that Bria describes it as, quote, a rom-com where the dorky lame girl gets to go on a date with the handsome bloke. What? I just, like... <laughs> That is technically a small part of what's going on in that movie. <laughs> it is not really how I would describe it. 
Uh, but he, you know, he wraps, he puts the schmancy necklace around her, just like in the movie. He even like snaps the case on her hand, like in the movie, um, which like they're going quite hard and going quite far to use all of the specific visual signifiers of the movie. Uh-huh. But they're also like, please do not think too much about the subtext. Yes. <laughs> because oh what God. it is, is this like virgin. And then this woman who like says she is open to sex or what, you know, she's like essentially just normal. Yeah. I yeah. mean, I hate to yeah. say normal and not normal. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It does feel a bit reductive, but you know, yeah. when she says like, I'm a sexual person, he, it's what we're to assume is that he's interpreted that as like, I get it. She's a, uh, like street walker. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, like his paws open up and he's like, what do I do about this? Right. Yeah. Oh, I've heard about people having sex. That's right. Pretty woman. You know? Yeah. <laughs> Weird. The next single date is between Luke and Lana. Takes place at the Comedy Republic. Shockingly, they do not serve chippies there. I'm so surprised. What? That's fascinating. No chippies on the menu. There's a lot of food around that area. So yeah. I think they're just oh like. God, straight to jail. Yeah. Well, Agreed. yeah. I think. Agreed. I, yeah. I think they probably should go straight do to jail. Do not pass go. I mean, look. <laughs> All comedians should probably go to jail. <laughs> Some have. Luke says Lana's probably sick of his shit dad jokes, so they're headed to the Comedy Republic where they will be entertained by Alex Ward, a comedian who I have heard of. Same. Which I think, as far as The Bachelor goes... That's commendable. Massive. Deserves some recognition. Yeah, I feel like I've seen Alex Ward before as well, like right. at, at a comedy night at a place like this. I also reckon she fucking crushed it. Yeah, she, she was, was good. Great. She's funny. I thought this was good. Yeah. I think Western Queensland is the Queensland of Queensland is an extremely good line. That was great. Um, and I liked that, that, that she made the space for, I mean, obviously this is like a, not a standard thing to do at a stand-up comedy night, but like in terms of this date, she created the space for Lana and Luke to also kind of bounce off it. And like, we got a little bit of their personality, uh-huh. lots of good stuff. Um, Alex come on the pod. Um, back on the pretty woman date, Wes carries Bria bridal style down the street to Chancery Lane, a classic European bistro on little Collins street. How much do you guys think they are charging for a side of palm frites with aioli? Oh, no. And I will tell you as a clue, they do put the uh, diaresis over the eye, you know, the oh, two dots. Oh, no. Oh, no. So, you know. 16 bucks. Price point indicated. <laughs> yeah, I'm with you. I'm going to say just to be a point of variance, 1650. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think I threw you off the scent by pointing out oh, the, the no. dots because it was only 12. I mean, 12 what? is too 12 much. 12 is too much. But still. Yeah, I yeah. You expect pom frites to be... Real fancy. This also, is, yeah. I've worked out that my favorite bit of um, having you here as a guest, Imogen, is just watching you react to the things that Xavier <laughs> says <laughs> as Xavier is reading. Like the idea that Xavier will be like, and they went here and they did this and he made her wear gloves and your face will go, no, oh, absolutely a, not. I can't hide what I'm feeling. I'm such an expressive it's face. very, very enjoyable for me. <laughs> I'm so glad that while I'm looking at the notes that I've taken, I can't see because I'd be yeah. like, oh, no. Oh, dear. <laughs> oh, dear. This is great because you're intently paying attention to what Xavier is saying. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, we've got this whole triangle of um, no one's paying attention to Max. <laughs> Well, here's your space, Max. Anything you'd like to say? What's on your mind? No. Okay. (laughs) I was a little bit surprised they didn't go to the opera because that's what happens in Pretty Woman. Um, Oh, yeah. They just, like, gave up, I guess. Uh, Bria says she wants to live on a big farm and live off the land as much as possible. She doesn't want a nine to five, which sounds pretty in line with what we've heard from Bria. Uh Uh-huh. And then Wes says he's keen to break out of it, too. 
Which I don't believe for a second. I don't oh, know what you I think. believe. Do you believe it? Well, he's got a profile on the right fit. He wants to be a model and actor and influencer, and those lifestyles are inherently more flexible. Like a, yeah. I don't yeah. know if living on a farm is quite the same thing, but yeah. breaking out of the nine to five, I was like, yeah, this makes sense. Like this man wants to be an influencer. Right. I guess so. But to me, I'm like, his job is signing people up to Hillsong. Yeah. And I think yeah. that is more important to him than anything else really is like his evangelism, his like yeah. Bria proposes a toast to quote being basic, <laughs> um, which like, she's like, I don't want a nine to five. And here's to being basic. I'm like, isn't a nine to five pretty basic? I think yeah. it is. I, mean, yeah. I don't know if I missed something here. Uh, Bria says she never said I love you to her ex because she never really felt it. And when asked to describe what love is, the best word that springs to mind for her is irreplaceable. And I like this a lot. I felt like Bria is like two minutes away from writing a song. Yes. Yeah. Like 100%. the way that she's like really focusing in on this and like what the specific feeling is and like trying to find the way. I don't know. I it's, loved this moment. I loved it. Yeah. yeah. I, like I, if Bria could release an album of country songs in a year <laughs> and I would fucking buy that shit. Yeah. Wes describes romantic love as love that lasts through your best days and your worst days. Quote, even when you had the worst thoughts and when you've done the worst things. Like what? what? You know when you've had the worst <laughs> thoughts and done the worst things? You know, like when you killed a man, like <laughs> you'd still love me, right? Mama. <laughs> I think he means like, oh, when I pictured a titty. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah. Like, you know, you and the fact that you love sex, like the worst things and I'm still going to love you right. even though you love sex so yeah. much. Yeah. Yes. yes. Yeah. I'm pointing aggressively at him. In <laughs> Wes says he's been in love, but it hasn't been reciprocated. And so he's never said, I love you. And I do think like there's a vulnerability from Wes here that I like. Mm. Yeah. Mm. I don't know if I'm really specifically surprised by anything in particular that he's saying, but like you can sense that he's opening up. Look, Wesley is self-aware, but there are limits to his self-awareness, you know? And I think that those things are preconditioned based on the, based on the environment that he has been brought up in. Mm. And some of that manifests in, like we were saying in the last episode, a bit of an inability to read the room. And sometimes he's, Uh, too loud or doesn't know what to do after he's kissed someone or whatever. Yeah. Uh, And in other times, like here you go, that is relatively astute. Yeah. Yeah. They have a little dancey dance together to no music and they point out there's no music, which I kind of like. It was good. Yeah. Well, Wes tells her, Wes tells her it's one of the best nights he's ever had. And I do feel like it is moderately nice in a kind of good for them kind of way. How often have we heard this man say, this was the best day of my life <laughs> over the course of the last this eight days? It's like a golden retriever. He's like, I <laughs> love to be alive. It's great. That's funny. Uh, like and that. in ITM, he says, I don't just see a future with Bria. I'm planning it. And that is a line I'm sure some producer came up with and probably got a bonus for. <laughs> Ominous. Yeah. Yeah, Mm. we'll get there. Um, Luke and Lana end up back at Luke's place where he says, I've got something special for you. And he reveals the much ballyhooed handwritten golden recipe for his crunching banoffee pie, complete with a tin to bake it in and a little bow on top. I have realized that crunching is an adjective that Luke uses to mean very good. (laughs) Yeah. What? Luke's when something's good, 
Luke says, that's crunching. No, yes. I have not noticed I've that. never heard that before either. Oh, stop it. It seems to be uh He's like, coined it, I reckon. Yeah, he's an iconoclast in I his own way. It. Wow. An it's icon. like Richie's cool beans. Like I think we should really give this oh, the flowers it yeah. deserves. It's that's cool. crunching in its own way. Yeah. I love it. Or was it cool bananas? Uh cool Fuck. bananas. Oh, I can't, yeah. Um, this is a similarly extremely good bachelor gesture to Luke's previous gift of a journal to Ellie on the notebook duck fuck date. <laughs> I think this is like just a, another sign that Luke is like leagues ahead of the other two bachelors. So much better. Agreed. He's making these incredibly thoughtful and meaningful gestures. Yeah. But this one has a bit of a twist, which I am very excited to reveal. So as she unfolds the note, you get a tiny little glimpse of what's written on there. And it's not just a list of ingredients. He's actually written a really nice note, uh, like a really nice message to her, which begins as follows. I had feelings for Eleanor that I actually never had. (laughs) Damn it. Okay, but no, but seriously. (laughs) That got me good. Um. I'm I'm actually being serious. It is, it's hard to make out between Luke's kind of scratchy handwriting and the like artful blur on the shot. Um, But I can definitely see the following. I'll show you guys like what I'm talking about. You get this split second image of the recipe partly in focus. Yeah. And there's this like, you know, couple of sentences above where the list of ingredients is. And I can't make out every word of it, but I got a lot of it. And I've not seen this reported anywhere else. Uh It says from the first time we spoke, dot, 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 very special, dot, dot, dot. I know you've only wanted me for one thing because you think I'm good looking. You've been so patient and hassled me, dot, dot, dot. But I must warn you, this recipe, dot, dot, dot. So I gift to you the recipe to Beto's Bonoffi pie and hope it makes you fall in love with this guy. LBXO. What? So. Okay. This to me is an indication that Lana wins. Because I don't understand why you would write that if you weren't, like, telling her to get as invested as possible because this is it. Uh, I wonder. Maybe you don't agree. You look like I you don't, don't agree. Okay. I don't know. I'm confused. That's really weird. It okay. seems like such a wild thing to do if you are not sure. Yeah. If you are really still, like, weighing your options, I feel like this is unnecessary. There's no reason to have any personal note, let alone one where you specifically say that you want the other person to fall in love. Yeah. Okay. Consider this in the context of The Golden Bachelor. Oh. Sorry. (laughs) Yeah. That's fair. That man said that he loved these women, like, so deeply, so eloquently, so repeatedly to three different people. And our finale episode is coming, by the way. Yeah. Oh, yeah. We got to do that. Yeah, but yeah. like the um, the part about this that that strikes me is like, it's not lost on me that probably Luke is forming a pretty deep connection with a couple of these different women, and I don't know that. Can you read the note again? Yes. From the first time we spoke, very special. Dot dot dot. I know you've only wanted me for one thing because mm. you think I'm good looking. You've been so patient and hassled me, which I think is about the recipe. I must warn you, this recipe, blank. So I give to you the recipe to Beto's Bonoffi pie and hope it makes you fall in love with this guy. No, that's nah. it, nah, That's just, he's, you've only he's wanted me for dumb. one thing is 
the recipe. He's doing joke at start. <laughs> He's doing joke He's all doing through. He's being funny at start. <laughs> I okay. I, I appreciate you bringing it back to Golden Bachelor, but also it was a huge mistake that Gary did that on Golden Bachelor. A massive mistake, yeah. and I think that it's a mistake now, but I believe that there is the possibility that exists that Luke might be in love with more than one of these women. Yeah. And maybe it depends when he wrote it. Like he could have written it immediately after their date and then been like, um, and then the next time he sees Ellie, he's like, oh, shit, but also her. And this is the other thing. Mm. At the start of the season, he was described as a bush poet. And through the season, we know him to be someone who is um, eloquent in a uh, John Williamson kind of way. <laughs> Dahl. Don't you think? Dahl. Dahl. Well, I'm putting my money on it. You guys don't have to. Um, Luke and Lana, that is. Luke picks Lana up onto the bench and they have a genuinely hot makeout. Yeah. Look. As I'm she touches about it, his butt, Max. The, okay, she so touches his little country butt. We're hearing stepdad, 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 stepdad. Yeah. Even in situations where Lana is not there, and then he learns that Tabitha has a nice relationship with her stepdad. Stepdad, but a big Lana thing. is sitting on the tech like, mm-hmm. hmm, mm-hmm. maybe. I don't know. I mm, you I, don't have to. You don't have to buy it. I didn't buy it at first, but I. Hmm. I hear you and I appreciate every word that you have been said, truly. (laughs) (laughs) I just think the fact that it's there and that they don't read it out, they don't linger on it very long. I truly had to, like, like stop motion, like, freeze frame to find this text. Feels like they tried to hide it in plain, you know, not hiding in plain sight. So it's just like they didn't want us to see it. It took the deranged mind sitting opposite you to to (laughs) crack this case. Um Okay, Inspector Gadget. (laughs) 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 I'll get you, Lana. All right. Look, I don't know. Not 100% persuaded, but but something to to keep in mind moving forward. It's a big old group date at Gembrook Truffle Farm in the Dandenong Ranges. There are nine women and three batches here. Is that everyone? No. Who's missing? Doesn't matter. <laughs> I did write it down and I, I'm not, I don't care to Doesn't talk about matter. it. As they sit down to a very schmancy lunch, Ben prattles on about how this area is where he's from and they're getting a taste of the real Ben here. Is Ben made of truffles? Do we think? <laughs> yeah. Is there a chance? One thing I couldn't stop thinking about on this date, and I wonder if this note, uh, if this popped up to either of you, is that Ben... Looks kind of disheveled. He has oh. got literally just some dirt on his face or something. Oh, I what? saw this He's too. Got, like, what is going on with this? On his like cheekbones or something? What? Yeah, I think this is bad lighting or something. I don't know. Okay, let me yeah. let me talk you through my theories. Okay. okay. What, number one, there's a possibility it's just like some kind of skin thing or something. I don't want to be insensitive. If <laughs> just, like, there's something going on here. Although. Imagine, Imogen, if like this line oh, under your eye. That was my um, slogan going for captain in high school. Imagine, <gasps> yeah. Imogen is captain. I did. You got it. It worked. Yeah, um, yeah, it's like like is it like war paint? Like, or something? It's not even war paint. It's just like red. You know mm. how like if you were to overexpose an image, oh. and there'd be like it'd be too light in some places and too contrasty in other places. That's so weird. I did not but notice it's kind this. Kind of under both eyes. Yeah. I gotta say, it's, I don't even think it's red. It's like grayish, sort of brownie. Like it looks like 
He looks like a fucking chimney sweep. <laughs> <laughs> Ye old England. Yeah. It's like, it's surprising to me because like, obviously there are hair and makeup people there and also like, he's a model. I just like, I don't know. Yeah, I don't really know how, how this, this happened. Um, I've never had truffles in this environment before. I don't know if either of you maybe guys he's had. allergic to truffles. Could be an allergy. I don't know. Yeah. Maybe it's, um, maybe, you know, do you, is it like customary to like wipe them on your face before you <laughs> eat them or something? For good luck, you know, polish them up a little. Yeah. Well, how about this? How would you guys like to take a very short walk to, with me to a little place I call <laughs> Conspiracy Corner? Yes. We did not see the end of Ben's date with Madison. Uh-huh. The big dangle. Uh, uh-huh, we were left uh-huh. dangling at the end of that yeah. date. So this is our first sighting of Ben in some time. We've got a, a mysterious gap period of time during mm. which whatever happened here could have happened. Is it possible there was some kind of aerial silk accident? Oh, oh. maybe he like fell it, on his face. Yeah, like it could be dirt, but it might also be like bruising. Yeah, oh. Oh, as in like she was grazing his area, but then also maybe she was bruising a different area. <laughs> well, yeah, she was dangling over him. You know, anything could have happened. Yeah. Oh, wow. We didn't yeah, even see that maybe. much of that part, let alone whatever might have happened on the evening, you know? Maybe he oh. got in a fight. Another one to mull over. <laughs> ben notices there's quite a big native flower display on the table and moves it away from Amelia, who is still quietly seething about the events of the previous episode. <laughs> Get over it. Uh, yeah. The yeah. natives have been through enough. <laughs> Truly. Yeah, when Ben's like, oh, this is my area. I'm from the bush or whatever. Anyway, I don't like, yeah, anyway. Let's not get into that. Uh, it is funny that Amelia has uh, been positioned right in front of Angela for maximum shady eye contact. This is uncomfortable. Yeah. yeah. Um, ben pulls Angela aside um, because he hasn't spoken to her since she sent the flowers. And Angela says, of course... She had no control over when the flowers would arrive. She also says something about how the flowers were inspired by her relationship with her father. Yeah, I didn't understand this. I don't know. Oh. It, did, it was she was like, "Oh, that was my father's favorite floral arrangement or whatever." Like, <laughs> okay. I just like it, it, did was there an Angela dad thing that I've forgotten about? No. Well, like, yeah, maybe it got cut. Or- N- yeah, I don't know. Like I think this is supposed to be interpreted as her being vulnerable. This uh, is reminding me of the episode of Friends where where Monica is trying so desperately to make everyone cry at her oh parents. God, yes. And she's like <laughs> on the speech and she's like, remember our dog, like, he died. Like she's just saying everything <laughs> she possibly can to like make everyone cry because she wants to make them cry because Ross always makes them cry. Yeah. This That's what this felt like to me. It was like I have a, an emotional story. Yeah. 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 Notice me. Yeah yeah yeah, 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 yeah. It's interesting. In the episode prior, she literally says, pick me. Oh, mm. I remember that. Mm. Yeah. Ugh. So Wesley has noticed a little distance in Oat Latte Jade today. Uh, They haven't talked since their disagreement at the dinner party, and it's clearly on her mind. She pulls him aside and asks him how stern he is on that whole situation. The not moving in Mm. stuff. Uh, And he says cheerfully, Quite, quite full of conviction. <laughs> yeah. Quite a stubborn guy. Mm, God. I also noticed while he's doing this, he's like picking at something on her temple, 
which like is like like trying to get something off her face, which like maybe would be better used for Ben. Yeah, um, yeah. Like I, I don't know. This is like an innocent enough and like almost like a caring gesture for somebody, especially if you know that they're being on TV or whatever. Yeah, yeah. it's like quite unconscious. But like also just given the context and the power imbalance and the fact that she's trying to have a real conversation <laughs> about something else. I'm just like, it reads to me as super weird, kind of controlling. She doesn't seem super comfortable. Yeah. Like, I noticed there was this speech bubble coming out of the side of her mouth. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> says this is unenjoyable. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, so my thing with Wesley is that I don't think that he has all that much of an understanding of how other people perceive him. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think that it is not... Like, it yeah, has never I, been more manifest. Mm. I would rather believe that he doesn't understand than that he does understand and simply doesn't care. Yeah, like it's not diabolical in the way that you would think that, um, in the way that Amelia uses the word betrayal to yeah. suggest diabolical. Yeah. yeah. This is like um, a man walking around with his eyes closed in the dark and mm. banging into things and being like, oops. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I I get just everything that Wes says gives me like it it's giving man who has always had his way yeah. and has and and expects that that is his like god-given right to just make all the rules for everybody. Yep. Like and I just hate this. It's just god like given. oh yeah, yeah, exactly. It's like, oh, well, you know, I'm firm on this, so like you know, get that's used it. To it. Yeah. You're right. That's it. Yeah. Yeah. Like we won't be discussing it. Yeah, well, he deflects uh, when she continues asking him about it. Uh, he says, it's almost like going on a first date and talking about kids' names. Like, whoa. Which I think is, like, immature and manipulative. He what? did that in the previous date yeah. with Jade. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. He said, I'd like to have five different kids <laughs> on five different continents. Fucking hell. Anyway, I don't know if we talked about that enough. Because, like... Stop having kids! (laughs) Fucking Christ almighty. I don't think I'd really thought about how logistically difficult that would be. Yeah. (laughs) Like, just like, because you can't, I don't think you can fly when you're pregnant or like after a certain time or something. And like, just like caring for that many children, like screaming babies on planes. Yeah, imagine the fourth and you're being like, I've got to get to Amsterdam. Right! (laughs) Like, oh, fuck, it's nearly, yeah, I don't know. It's just like obscene. Oh, yuck. Uh, she says, I feel like that's something we'll need to discuss more because I feel like we have a good open discourse about stuff like that. I don't know if I agree. Wesley <laughs> says, for sure, yes, for sure. And then we cut back to them at the table so they don't discuss it more. Infuriating. Mm. Uh, and then we go pretty much right into the rose ceremony. Osha has a little speech where he mispronounces the word uncomfortable for some reason. <laughs> Uh, and announces that one woman will leave tonight. And he is more correct about that than he realizes or whatever, you know? He's, mm-hmm. That's, you know, we'll, we'll earmark that for later. Mm. Well, well. Um, ben gives a rose to Angela. Luke gives roses to Lana, Arthi, and Ellie. And Wesley gives roses to Nella and Natalie. And just as he's about to call out the second last rose, Jade interrupts and asks him if they can have a chat. As they walk out, she says... I'm going to say some stuff and you can't interrupt because then I won't say that stuff and you'll get me out of my head. So good. I love this. So good, that but what fucking a fucking rule. red flag that you have to say this to a man that you're yes. not even oh. dating yes. yet. Yes. Like if yeah. you feel like you have to say to somebody, let me say something and don't interrupt me, that's fucking dead in the water. Thank Bye, you. bitch. 100%. Get out yes. of there. Yeah, totally. Great call. Um, she says, I promise to always be honest with you. 
And I just feel like, especially in this moment right now, I kind of know in my gut that, you know, maybe our visions for the future romantically aren't the most aligned. I trust my gut despite having the best time with you. So I can't like in good conscience, knowing how I feel, accept your rose today. Love her. Perfect. She's right. Yeah. yeah. She's a legend. And like, she's so sweet about it. She's very you, delicate. You can't fault her on anything here. No, she's yep. empathetic. Jade rules. Right. Yep. Agree. Um, very graceful. Um, she waves a little goodbye to the women as she leaves. They're all fucking gooped. Uh, and Wesley comes back into the room and places the rose back into the little holder. Is it a vase? Is like, is anything you put a, ro- a flower in a, a vase? Uh, I guess. I uh, suppose so. I'm glad we're stopping in on this. I think we need to address this. Senna's unpass vase. Hmm? You know. Wesley Senna's, what are you saying? Cessna <laughs> oh, unpass. <laughs> I understand. It was hard to tell through that thick French accent. Wait. Lisa? Yeah, that's what I was. Darling. Darling. It's vocal fry. It's strong. It's a vocal deep fry. Yeah. Well, speaking of chips. What does it cost? Yeah. Uh, all of the women are like, fuck, is Wesley okay? And then he does an interesting reaction. And like, I can't, you know, this is just what happens to Wes when, when this situation when emerges. Go awry. So I don't want to like, I don't know. I don't want to be critical. I guess I'm not being critical. I'm just observing that he does this like big Tommy Wiseau laugh. Yeah. He's like very uncomfortable and he's like, oh, <laughs> <laughs> Like, what? It's very Jimmy Carr. Like, yeah. Yeah. It's like, he's clearly not happy, but like, this is just like, he's like trying to smile through it or something. And so he pushes out this really uncomfortable laugh. It feels like. Kind of tragic, but. Yeah. yeah, It's it's a very evangelist way to process trauma, I think. Yeah. There is so much of it that is like, if you don't laugh, you'll cry. And some of that I feel to be true of. I don't know. Lots of tragic situations. Mm. Yeah, yeah. But in this situation, I feel that it is neither tragic uh, n- nor humorous. Yeah. 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 And um, he, um, we'll save it for next episode. He He's a whiny baby as well. He's yeah. a little baby boy. Yeah. Uh, Osha walks back in and says, well, I shouldn't say says, because he really, he's like the most funereal that I've ever heard. <laughs> this is like. I don't know. I think at some point Osha became aware of the fact that he, like, became too aware of the fact that he does a whisper. Yeah. yeah. And now it's like he's playing some weird character from Beyond <laughs> right, the Grave. Right, 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 yeah. And he's like, ladies, gentlemen, <laughs> will you accept this rose as a question after all? Jade choosing to leave tonight, that's her answer. We started tonight with eight roses. There's still two roses here and two of you without a rose. Ben, I'll leave this with you. And I'm like, okay, great. You know, it should be all hunky-dory, right? You know, same number of roses and people. Everybody's happy. Yeah. End of story. Yeah. You know, shouldn't be a problem. Well, Ben gives a rose to Amelia mm-hmm. and then to McKenna. And we hear a very Frankenbitten, but definitely deliberately inserted ITM um, from Amelia saying, I'm just glad I got a rose before McKenna. If Jade didn't turn Wes down, clearly McKenna was going to go home. We get a backseat chat with Jade, who we love, who says, it's bittersweet. 
I'm sad that we won't get to continue getting to know each other, but just romantically, we're just two different people wanting two different things. Again, just like the most diplomatic Jane way you could possibly phrase this. Yeah. Um, personally, I'm really glad that she is gone um, because I think she deserves a lot better uh-huh. than Wes. Yeah. Um, she entered the show with 1,393 followers and is leaving with 1,539 for a gain of 146. Is that a goal? Yeah. Um, but yeah, back on the bleachers, Madison tells Amelia, I thought that they would have, instead of letting Ben give someone else a rose, they would have allowed him to just give one. That's what I thought too. Mm. Interesting. Because I didn't really think that. And I think everyone else I've spoken to about it was like, yeah, he should have just taken the extra rose. You know, like it should have, that yeah. he should have cut someone else. But I was like, oh no, that's, you know, that's just as valid as anything else. it's fair play. You know, I mean, obviously it led to some stuff, which we'll get into. But yeah. in the moment, I was not really that surprised. Well, so there's an amount of this with these rose ceremonies this year where it's not like each bachelor has a set number of roses to hand out. Yeah. Right. And so, the rules seem so well, like The, the roses are made up and the rules don't matter. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and crucially, we hear Amelia say something, which is also subtitled on screen. They do misspell McKenna's name, but that's fine. Um, We don't see Amelia's face saying it, and I'm dropping this in for next episode. But um, she, uh, quote unquote, says, if Jade didn't go, I'm thinking McKenna. Yeah, I don't know. Um, More on this. Much, much, maybe too much more on this to come. In episode eight, uh, episode eight, I've seen it. Maybe one of the worst episodes of this show I've ever seen. Shocking. Very funny. Yeah, yeah, pretty pretty bad. So bad. Quite grim. I'm so excited that you were like, I would like to recap episode eight before episode nine, which... Before episode nine aired, which then became a whole thing. I think is one of the funnest episodes of the entire series to date. Yeah. Mm, we got a lot to say. Yeah about the next couple of episodes of The Bachelors in a coming podcast. Uh, really soon. Too soon. <laughs> yeah, Sooner than anyone's days. comfortable with. <laughs> <laughs> to recap episodes eight and nine of The Bachelors. I don't know if there's too much else to say. Zay, have you got anything? You want to be friends with us on the internet? You can find us at, at BOHpod. Join the Bachelor of Hearts Watch posting group on Facebook. Uh, you can support the show by finding us on patreon.com slash BOHpod. We'd really appreciate it if you have a couple of pennies that you could shake loose. Um, but honestly, give them to Imogen. Go listen to Imogen. Go on the Bandcamp. What's the best? You know, streaming doesn't Aww. pay you anything. Yeah, that's right. Bandcamp is good. Bandcamp's great. We yeah. love it. Yeah, at least for now. Yeah, well. that's right. <laughs> Listeners, we'll see you on... Find uh, Imogen in person and hand her <laughs> a crisp $100 bill. Please do that. We will see you on Imogen Clark's Bandcamp in the not-too-distant future for now, listeners. Can we get a picture of us just on <laughs> <laughs> Both of us giving a big thumbs up. It's my new header. Yeah, yeah. I got to we. I'd like to continue with love. You. Oh, I thought you were saying I have to wait. <laughs> yeah, we should all wait. Listener, I hope you enjoy a great piss. <laughs> Sometime between now and the next time we talk to you. <laughs> Listeners, we love, we you. love you. Goodbye. Goodbye. Running out of time. Make the most of what's before me, searching for